everyone, Dave DeBow here with another episode of the Property Profits Real Estate Podcast. Today, zooming in all the way from sunny Florida. Is it sunny? You guys it's are getting hurricanes and stuff. Is it sunny right now? It's sunny right now. It's sunny and super hot. Sunny and super hot Florida. We've got Lauren Cohen, and I'm very excited about our interview today because Lauren is a very impressive person in many ways, Thank but you. especially for us Canadian real estate enthusiasts, if you've ever been interested in investing south of the border down in the U.S. of A., this is a very good person to know because Lauren is Canadian originally, born and raised in Toronto. I still am. I'm never giving that up. All right. All right. Well, <laughs> born and raised in Toronto, yes. but living down in Florida. She's been down in the States for a long time. And here's the cool thing. She is a lawyer down in the States, focuses on real estate stuff primarily. She's also a realtor, so she understands real estate. And more importantly for us, she is a cross-border specialist. Now, why is this important? Because the rules and regulations, the way things are done real estate investing-wise down in the States are different than in Canada. And there's a lot more involved legally down there, especially for foreigners to invest properly in Canada. And chances are, if you've taken a, a stab at this in the past, or you've taken any training or anything like this, you've heard about the, you know, litigation issues down in the States. You've learned about the having to cover your ass sets a lot more <laughs> down in the States. You've heard about double taxation, getting whacked by the IRS, and then having what little profits end up in Canada, get whacked again by the CRA, all this kind of stuff. And that scares a lot of Canadians away from investing in the States. And quite frankly, you know, there's a lot of mixed information because, and I'm preaching to the choir here, Lauren, and sorry I'm taking so much time here, but it's really important because I've seen this over and over again, that Canadians going down, taking real estate training from an American guru, and then they tell them, here's how you need to get set up corporate-wise. So they run out and follow those instructions, but they don't take into account how that transfers back to Canada. So yeah, that structure, that setup will work perfectly well for an American citizen, but not for a Canadian citizen investing in, in stuff in the States. So I'm really looking forward to finding out a little bit more about that, Lauren. So thank you, thank you very much for being on, on the call today. It's my pleasure, Dave, and it's actually great to be here. I think we have so many synergies, and I've been kind of learning a little bit about your your amazing system, and certainly fits in well because I've been helping clients, not just real estate investors, but helping clients figure out how to raise money for many, many years, and you've created this amazing system to simplify it. It's a complicated process, definitely, and especially when you're going across borders, and I, I think you've hit the nail on the head is that just like an American investing in Canada, you can't just be, you can't just have a guide or a navigator that's specific to that country that you're investing in. You have to have somebody that understands the laws of the country that you live in, as well as the country you're investing in, because there's very different rules and regulations. Like, for example, 1031 exchange, I'm sure you've heard of this 1031. So just to briefly state, 1031 exchange is basically when you take a like, inclined property and you sell it and you transfer the 
the uh, revenues to another property right away. Within, you identify it within 45 days or close within 180 days. So Canadians, well, Americans and foreign investors have access to this. And there's some issues about it through the election. But for now, there's unfettered access to this, provided that you meet the conditions of the 1031 exchange. Mm -hmm. So Canadians would apply for this and receive the, the approvals or the, the, process, uh, the process would be approved by, our, by the IRS and then it would be disqualified in Canada. But there are ways to get around that. There are ways that if you create the right infrastructure and corporate structure, you can, as a Canadian, use your Canadian company to qualify for 1031. Well, the people here in the U.S. are very, I mean, we know it. Most Americans are centered on America. It's the, the be-all and end-all, like Toronto, right? And, and they don't look outside. So you're kind of looking, well, this is what works here. But then when you go to the CRA, and they're like, oh, sorry. And then they're like all upset because they were advised of X. So these are the important elements and, you know, all of those tax issues that are, it's, it's truly got to be a holistic cross-border approach that covers everything, not just taxes or investments or financing or, you know, where to choose the properties or location. It's everything all in one. And, and that's definitely an important feature. So, Lauren, just very, very briefly, tell us, how the heck did you end up in sunny southern <laughs> Florida? Nice oh. how, did, how did you end up down in Florida? Oh, that story. Well, okay. So originally I was married to a person who was setting up his Toronto company in Florida for his boss. So way back in the nineties, feels like literally a lifetime ago, I came down here with him and I lived here for three years. I didn't like it, but I created some relationships, I moved back to Toronto, back home still. And I didn't like the cold because once you've been exposed to this, it's very hard to live with the winter, especially in Toronto, maybe not Vancouver so much. So I came back in 2001 and started a business with my old boss. And we started that business and right before 9-11. And needless to say, we weren't able to raise capital for the business. It needed a lot of capital. It was a healthcare compliance company. But I've been here ever since 2001. And the reason that I got into what I'm doing now is I was married again, <laughs> have a very interesting marriage track record. I got married a second time and we went on our honeymoon to Thailand. And on the way back, oh, by the way, he was Canadian, but I met him in the US. And, and on the way back from our honeymoon, he was expeditiously removed, deported, and barred from entry. Oh, I didn't tell you the story? To the US. Wow. So that's in my book. It's the preface of my book. And that's actually what pushed me into the immigration world. And I had been writing business plans for many years and started being the specialist on business investment in using a business investment to obtain a visa and then got my real estate license and started tying all the pieces together. So I know that there's a lack of expertise in this area. And my goal is to take away the pain and bring that expertise. It's not all through me, but I know, I know the people to stay away from. I have enough partners. If we don't have them in a particular location, we vet them and we get them. And part of the beauty of having that real estate license as well as a law license, and oh, by the way, I'm still licensed in Ontario. So it gives you that comprehensive credibility as well as that comprehensive knowledge base and, and the ability to look under the hood of things and help people with that holistic approach. So Lauren, if it's okay with you, let's look at a a sample situation. 
Mm-hmm. And maybe you can just walk us through 30,000 foot perspective sure. on how this would look. So let's say we've got somebody from Ontario wants to buy a condo in sunny, an investment condo in sunny Southern Florida, and they, they want to rent it out. They want to use it as an investment property. What would you recommend or what do you suggest they do to set things up properly from the get-go so they're not getting whacked with double taxation and, and as simple as possible, what does that look like? So it is, at the end of the day, all about the right professionals guiding you. And I don't, I don't work alone. So I work with a tax expert both in Canada. I have two tax experts I work with in Canada that are specialists in cross-border. Don't guide on U.S. stuff, but guide on setting up for cross-border. And then U.S. tax people as well. And so what generally I would recommend is you definitely would be using a Canadian entity, not a person, not you personally, but a Canadian entity to make the investments. So and then you set up a corporation. You set up some type of a corporation in Canada so that you have a shield of protection between you and the company. And also that's going to put you in a much better tax situation, especially when it comes to investing and having access to these opportunities in the U.S. Then we would figure out what state you want to invest in. And from there, I'm sorry, you said Florida. So that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have a corporate entity in Florida, but it's easier if you do. We could set it up in Wyoming. That's a great tax haven place. Haven's not the right word, but, or we can set you up in Florida, which is not a bad tax place. Actually, the tax taxes here are really favorable. People just don't realize it. They hear about Delaware and Wyoming and Texas and Nevada, but really and truly Florida is a great place to set up your company. So they would set up that entity and then make the purchase using a team of experts like the real estate attorney and the realtor and the mortgage people. And, you know, we would then figure out, is this going to be one and done? Or is it, are you, is this the first of many? And we would create a strategy. So I have a, a real estate investor strategic plan that I've created. We're just modifying it to automate it, God willing. And within that strategic plan, we create this plan for how you, Dave Dubow, wants to invest in the U.S. Is this, like I said, one and done? Or is this your first of 20 investments? Do you eventually want to be able to live and work in the U.S.? Do you never want to come to the U.S.? How does that look? Because there are visas available for people that want a visa, and then there's visas available for people that need a visa. So what's the difference? Wanting a visa is because you may want to live or work in the U.S., right? Needing a visa is because you do so much business in the U.S. that you need that visa, so you have ease of of transport back and forth, and also so that you can have a social security number potentially, set up a U.S. bank account without, without challenges, and so on. So it's all about that holistic approach. So if this is your one and done, we make that investment, we get you set up with a management company, and the truth is that what we do is bring all of those aspects to you so you don't really have to think. And at the end of the day, what, we're, what our goal is for you as the investor is to just collect your rent at the end of each month, okay? And, and eventually that rent will turn into more, it will turn into more, and then you can buy another property. So most investors, I would say 90% of the investors that come my way are not looking for one and done, but are looking for multiple or looking for multifamily or setting up Airbnbs. And then that's a different story because we, let's say you do want to live and work here or have the freedom to do that. 
then we set you up for that, whether it's today or tomorrow, so that you have that flexibility available to you based on your investments. Very, very cool. So with that, in the second scenario where you're looking to buy multiple properties and, mm-hmm. and thinking, hey, you know what? Maybe eventually it'd be nice to live in kind of the, the Lauren Cohen lifestyle of, of wintering down in the States and summering back home or what have you. I wish. <laughs> but for COVID, I would be there. But yes. But how would that, would you have multiple corporations in the States for different? You might. Yeah. But what, what what is important is if you are planning to apply for a visa, they'd all have to be under the holding company because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, that's the one that's going to quote unquote apply for the visa with you as the beneficiary. So generally speaking, when you're applying for a, a treaty investor or a treaty trader visa, and I'll share, I think I shared my book with you, but I'll share the link with for my book. A treaty investor is a substantial investment in a non-marginal business, and a treaty trader is that you trade back and forth goods and services with your home country. So let's say you, for example, decided to do this, and you have still, you're still running your Canadian business, and you, you are you know, renting services or renting you from your Canadian business, then that could be a treaty trader visa. So if you're applying for one of those visas, then you would use that as the baseline to develop your, your business and be able to have the freedom of, of movement again, back and forth between the two countries. So it's super important that, that you have this in mind because if you are building multiple properties, you want to make sure that you have that kind of parent company that has the relationship with the Canadian company, depending on the visa, and that has ownership or some type of relationship with all of those subsidiary or affiliated companies so that we can show that the parent is the one that's applying. Because the beneficiary, like Dave DeBow, can't apply for an E2. But Dave DeBow Inc. Yeah. or Corp. can apply for the E2 with Dave DeBow as the beneficiary who then gets to work for the company. I think I'm starting to understand why there are so many lawyers in the United States. <laughs> so, and let me tell you something about that. So there's a lot of lawyers in the U.S. and there's a lot of lawyers in Canada. And one thing that has come to bear very, very much so, especially when I work with very high-profile Canadian Canadian visa applicants, is that there's there are a lot of U.S. lawyers or wannabe U.S. lawyers in Canada that are practicing U.S. immigration law. And they're giving advice, again, it's kind of like you mentioned at the beginning, they're giving advice in a little bit of a vacuum. And I've had so many experiences with people that are, you know, let's, let's say their fee is the same as mine in Canadian dollars. So somebody goes to them because they want to save a few dollars, great. But then at the end of the day, they're denied. There's a, there's a sample of this on my website. A client of mine was denied twice and then got approved because I got him through the process. And this is what, what I do because I'm dealing with not just the immigration side, but the business and the real estate. And a lot of, it's very unfortunate because a lot of people are shopping for price versus value. And when you're a real estate investor, you, you want to shop for, for price and value in your properties, but always look for value in your team. Yeah, I know, definitely. You get you get what you pay for. That's where you always do the hard way. That's part of the reason for a lot of these gray hairs are (laughs) stupid. Don't don't tell me about it. Mine is due again. It's like great. Awesome, Lord. Well, time flies when we're having fun. 
we'll have to have you back and, and dive Thank a little you. bit more in depth in this. But in the meantime, if people want to find out more about you, maybe get a, a copy of your book or reach out to you, what's the best way for them to do that? So there are many ways. I am big on LinkedIn, Dave. It's uh, LinkedIn backslash IN backslash eCouncil Inc. E-C-O-U-N-C-I-L-I-N-C. Or you can reach me at, I'll give you my personal email just because it's easier. Lauren E-S-Q, L-A-U-R-E-N-E-S-Q at gmail.com. And then I have a new website we've just launched, ecouncilglobal.com backslash invest in the U.S. And you can see some videos there and some testimonials, ecouncilglobal.com backslash invest in the U.S. We'll um, this episode as well. So. Okay, great. And I would, you know, I'm happy to offer a free exploratory session to anybody that mentions that they've come through you. That's 15 minutes. And I'll tell you what, in 15 minutes, I'll laser focus on what you possibly could do. I just did this with a Calgarian this morning. She's like, wow, I didn't think of all that. And it's because I've been doing this for a lot of years. This is what I do day in and day out. And not every Canadian investor is used to dealing with, you You know, U.S. Oh, and yeah, well, that's, that's a big challenge, right? It's yeah. So, it's so different. It's so um, different. And thinking that it's not is wrong. Even like the banking system. I remember when I first came here and I was trying to use post-dated checks what is a post-data check? They don't even know what it is. I'm just thinking of this yesterday. There are a lot more differences than you realize. And that's the, you know, one of the reasons that Canadians love working with me is because I am Canadian. Yeah. So you know that you're in good hands and I'm going to really have your back. And I, I, I do. I mean, I take my role and my obligation very seriously. For, I got to say more for Canadians than anybody else, just because you're my people. <laughs> awesome, Lauren. Thank you so much. Appreciate uh, you. your input and look forward to chatting with you again. Thank you, Dave. It's been a pleasure. All right, everybody. Take care. and We'll see you on the next episode. Ciao. Well, hey there. Thanks for tuning into the Property Profits Podcast. If you like this episode, that's great. Please go ahead and subscribe on iTunes. Give us a good review. That'd be awesome. I appreciate that. And if you're looking to attract investors and raise capital for your deals, then I'm going to invite you to get a complimentary copy of my newest book, right back there. There it is. The Money Partner Formula. You can get a PDF version at InvestorAttractionBook.com. Again, InvestorAttractionBook.com. Take care.